Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Olamo. This is program number 732. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both available and they're free of charge, including the postage and handling. I've got a power, a very powerful message from the book of Luke. We're in the sixth chapter in case you're wanting to know. If you want to follow along. And we're at verse uh, 5, chapter 6. And then I've got um, some songs and some letters. But right now, let's pray to the Lord to ask him to anoint this service. Lord, people are writing us from all over the world. They're communicating to us. All the major universities are listening to uh, your teachings from our website. Thousands of them every week. And um, we know that we're making a difference because of you. You are making the difference in this world. And you can even make a bigger difference, Lord, with many, many people, even more than there are now that will believe your word and then put it into action. Lord, uh, anoint the service that souls will be saved and the church strengthened. And uh, we give all the glory, the praise, and the honor to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, yeah, this is a new recording that I just did. You probably, <laughs> let's see, we're, I'm about 40 days ahead on uh, messages. I do anywhere from one to up to six messages a day, hour-long messages, and... Um, so you probably won't hear this for about 40 days. What is today? This is uh, July 1st. So you probably won't hear in August or September this uh, these messages. This one is called, you know, a lot of people get bummed out about going out of this world and into the world to come. I'm, I can understand why people would be bummed out about going to hell. But uh, I'm going to heaven, and I'm very happy about it. I've heard people sing this song, Angel Band, and they it sounds like they're so depressed. But I saw Jesus, and I saw heaven. And when I saw him with my eyes wide open, I wasn't sleeping. I was wide awake. I, I just was so happy. I thought he was coming to take me. And I said, Lord, and he said, not now. And he started rebuking me and letting me know that uh, I wasn't reading and praying enough. But uh, uh, I never was so disappointed in my life to not uh, be able to go there. It was so beautiful. I mean, you just can't imagine it. And so that's the way I sing this song. I'm not depressed about going out to meet the Lord at all. I, it's just the happiest time it's going to be in my entire life. Just that few seconds that I saw the Lord, and it was so real and brilliant more real than anything in this world and more brilliant than anything. It was so uh, unbelievably wonderful. And so here I sing this song with a very up feeling. I can't wait. It's I do have to wait, but uh, I don't like it. But I guess things happen that way. Okay, here's uh, Angel Band with H.B. Barnum conducting and his choir, the Life Choir in the Hollywood Choir, along with the... Uh, Prague Symphony Orchestra and we could use much of it because it's uh, just a simple beautiful song Angel Band 
You know, there's nothing better than to know that you're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. My latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. My strongest trials now are past. My triumph has begun. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't want the Lord to come, but I sure do. Glory to God. And uh, that's all the more reason why you should become born again. You must become Christ-appealed. Filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the Spirit of Christ. Filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. Christ is the Holy Spirit. He's the Father as well. So, we're in the sixth chapter of um, Luke, and this is verse 5. And he's saying to these um, Pharisees and scribes, saying unto them um, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now, why would that be a big thing for him to do? He's the Lord of the into the boss of the whole universe. And so there's a lot of people, they get stuck in the Old Testament and they don't believe 
uh, the Old Testament says that Christ is king. That's what the whole Old Testament is about. There's 360-some prophecies of the coming of Christ. The whole Bible, even in the Garden of Eden, it talks about the tree of life, and Christ, who is God, is the tree of life. You eat his words and drink, uh, eat his flesh, which is his words, and drink his blood, which is his word, and it's life. Both the, the spirit and the word are life, and the blood is life. And so there's the tree of life, that's the Lord, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is um, also, uh, I believe, is symbolic of these computers today. Why, you can just find out anything you want to know, and that's important for you to know. Uh, but it's not really important for you to know at all, because the more of this trash that you receive uh, from the Internet, it's not going to do you any good at the judgment bar of God. Uh, why don't you confine, you know, if you really care about your soul and the soul of others in your family and your friends, why don't you confine your uh, day, uh, the hours, and the minutes and the seconds that you spend on this side of eternity, preparing yourself for eternity. Because if you don't, you think you're going to hurt somebody by falling away. Uh, you know, uh, there was a woman that uh, Susie knew, and uh, she introduced her to me. She was a former prostitute. And uh, she uh, was... Uh, she got saved. She got filled with the Holy Spirit, but she wasn't very bright. She's not bright at all. And she um, was talking all these filthy things in services where she was telling uh, of her testimony of being a prostitute and uh, that she'd go from different places to other places. And uh, she uh, decided that she'd fall away from the Lord or a day or two, because she was one of those people that believe once saved, always saved. You can take a breather from walking in Christ. But really, folks, you really can't uh, do that and expect to go to heaven. A breather from Christ. Oh, like you're really going through it by being in the Spirit? No, that isn't going through it at all. That's really um, putting yourself in a position to where you're not going through it. Uh, that's why Paul stated that the Lord told him that his power, his grace, his uh, favoritism towards you is sufficient for anything that you'll go through in life. He sought him because he had eye trouble. It doesn't make any difference what preachers say uh, that don't know the Lord. I know the Lord and I know that it was eye problems that he had. You hear all kinds of people say, well, it wasn't really... Uh, eye trouble that it was. So anyway, uh, oh, uh, Tyra, she went uh, on this bench. She dressed up in a red dress, uh, maybe trying to get some action, and went into a beer joint uh, somewhere here in L.A. And she got real soused. She got drunk. She had on these high heel spiked shoes, had her hair all uh, gussied up, as they say down south, all fixed up. And she got so drunk that she passed out by a jukebox. 
Now, a jute box is one, uh, you know, a lot of people today don't know what that is, but it's where, you know, you put a quarter, it used to be a nickel, they called them Nickelodeons. You play records, and there's some of these filthy songs on there and everything, and while she was passed out, she had a vision of hell. And she always used to say, well, if Mama doesn't go to heaven, I don't want to be there either. Yeah, and I've heard people say, if daughter isn't there, if sister isn't there, I don't want to be there. If brother isn't there, or son, I don't want to be there. I just don't want to go to heaven if they, they're not going to be there. Well, she said that uh, it is so gruesome there that she said she would have stepped in her mother's face with those high heel shoes and punched her eyes out to get out of there. She said, I don't care if Mama wants to go to hell. A letter, but I'm not going. Because when she was there, she saw all these demonic people on fire. And they were screaming their heads off and chewing on their tongues and grinding their teeth and begging for mercy. And she said it was like a bunch of dogs. Uh, they all sounded like they didn't have normal voices. They had like growls. They were growling out, mercy, mercy, mercy. And they were throwing themselves against the walls of uh, hell. And it was like uh, a thousands degrees. People think it's hot, you know, it's 90. They complain, always complaining. But she said, it's so hot and so so much torture and uh, it's suffering there that people could never imagine it. And they're just saying, mercy, mercy. And they don't have any breath. She said, there's no air there. But they just have, uh, they can't say anything else but mercy. They're pleading and begging for it. But these people never, never cared whether people saw their bad testimony of them going to beer joints and getting drunk and dressing in a red dress like that's really something. So they put some dye in it and dyed it red. And um, she figured she'd uh, launch her career of being a whore again. And uh, she's hearing them and seeing their faces and their eyes red. And their throats sore from growling all those uh, years down there. And they know, she says, there's a feeling there, the knowledge that you know is never going to end. It's just going on and on. And you're so thirsty there that you want water. And you know deep down that there isn't one drop down there. And so people, you, you want to uh, spend your time watching football, baseball, basketball, or boxing, or uh, things like that without giving any time to the Lord whatsoever. And because you don't have any mercy on people, not enough mercy to get saved and then learn the word of God and go out and seek for others that are lost, that you know are going to hell. You didn't have any mercy for them at all. And then once you're saved and then you go out and try to do that kind of stuff again, there remains no more forgiveness for you.
because you're unmerciful. You let all the people in that booze, uh, booze hall see you out there with those high spiked heels and, uh, you know, red shoes and red dress and you got a ribbon in your hair. That's just a corpse. You're a corpse, a cadaver. Well, she's gone on to be wherever she's going. She is wherever she's at. But I would suggest that uh, you pay attention to what the Lord said. He's the son. The son of man is not only the Lord of the universe, but he's also the Lord of the Sabbath. And if you don't think that's any big deal, then why aren't these uh, rabbis and all these people pretending to be resting in the Lord? That's what the Sabbath means. Take up your cross, come and follow me. Rest, and I will give you rest or Sabbath for your souls. It's not one day a week. You're going to give one day to the Lord and you forget all your worldly things. Well, most of the people, when they say they're Sabbathing, they're watching football or basketball or baseball or something on TV that interests them. But they never pay any mind to the Lord and that they're going to stand judgment one of these days before the great white throne, the judgment bar of God. There's no thought of God in their brains, in their heads, in their hearts, in their souls, their spirits. They just uh, think that everything is going to be as uh, stupid as they are. That there's uh, nothing and they're going to be any different. Nothing's going to be, it's all going to be the same. Well, there's a lot of talk about the Sabbath, about resting in the Lord. It doesn't mean that you relax and watch football or go to the park or anything like that. It's to do what the Lord said. Resting in him means we're relying on him to show us the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what we're doing is we're... Uh, He's the Lord of that day. Okay, now, if you're resting in the Lord, then that means that he is your Lord. He's going to tell you what to do every day. He's not going to tell you to turn a tune on TV and watch all these different game shows and all the smut that's on there and to watch all these things to, to relax your brain or to divert your attention to the worldly things. He says, love not the world or any of the things that are in the world. Don't pay any attention to uh, these things, to concerts and all that sort of uh, garbage. It's going to be garbage to you if you're standing before the Lord and all of a sudden he says, uh, you're not my, you were never my good and faithful servant. You never did anything for humanity or for me which I directed you to do. I told you to rest in me. Uh, if, uh, In other words, get on my bus. I do the driving. And you're supposed to be driving where I want you to. And I never drove you to be a couch potato, to sit on the couch and watch all the garbage in the world. Your favorite program. So you have favorite programs, do you? Well, the Lord says, I have a favorite programs every day. There's a new thing that I want you to do. I'm the Lord of you, and therefore I am, you're resting in me, and I'm the God of this heaven and earth, and I'm going to 
You say, well, the devil is the God of the earth. Uh, he, uh, the Lord, is the God of heaven and earth. Uh, he's allowing these things to happen. He's allowing suffering because he wants to see who's going to believe him. He wants to see who's going to give up what they're doing to have faith in what the Lord says, that there is a judgment coming and everybody's going to be there. And he wants to know if you believe it enough to lay down what you're doing now and come into him and rest and let him do the driving in you. You're, so to speak, like a bus or a taxi, and you're to be taxiing or busing uh, Jesus around in your human body. He wants to tell people about heaven and hell. He wants to tell people about judgment. And you're not willing to rest and let him do that in you. You're not willing to rest from your labors. You'd rather watch football or to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs on television or to go to Disneyland or to go to Seven Flags or to go all to all these different places, to go to restaurantes, to the beach. And even when you're going to these places, you don't take any gospel literature with you to distribute them. And so the Lord is not your God. You have chosen to make the world your God and the different pleasures of this world, the pleasures of sin for a season, and spend eternity screaming up for mercy, mercy. Why do you ask for mercy, you people in hell, when you never gave any mercy to people on earth while you were here? Let me come back. Mercy. Let me come back. No. The Lord says he didn't pay any attention to what he says. He says, appointed unto man once to die. You're going to die. And after that, the judgment, and there's no coming back. There's no mercy. 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 That's all they're saying in hell. And they disbelieve God, and they still think that God is going to repent and give them mercy and let him come out of hell. Forget it. I mean, get that straight in your head right now. Let it be in your mind every day of your life that there's no mercy once you are in hell. There's no mercy. So the Lord is the Lord also of the Sabbath. Uh, so he says, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Hmm. Yes, we're to rest. He says, now that you're saved, take up the, deny yourself. Deny yourself the things that you personally like in this world. You're supposed to love your wife and children, so that's fine. And you're supposed to work, that's fine. And you're supposed to, you know, provide for your children and your wife. That's fine. But first of all, you're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We say, but then how are we going to love our wife? Because it's part of the Lord's instruction to love your wife, your sons and daughters, and to take care of them and provide for them, or you're worse than an infidel. So rest in me. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. If you're resting in me, then you can do no wrong. In other words, if you're listening to me of where you should go, what you should and what you uh, read and 
or you should pray what you should pray about. You're relying on me about these things because you know I'm God. Not only I'm the God of the entire universe, but I'm God also of the Sabbath. The rest. Now, the commandment, the first commandment, the Lord says is, come on to me. Come here. All you that are heavy laden. Oh, business is bad. This is bad. The gas is going up. Oh, you know, we got all these problems here. Come unto me. All you that are heavy laden, you've got not enough money to pay for your food. Come to me. Come here. All you that are heavy laden, come on. And I'll give you rest. Sabbath, I'll give you Sabbath for your souls. Oh, so refreshing. The sweet water of the word of God. It's like refreshing as a bubbling spring within you to trust in the Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus the word of God, the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of everything on the face of this earth. People have perverted the things that the Lord has allowed them to make. But the Lord says, come here, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Well, we're going crazy. Our house payments, what are we going to do? We don't have time for the Lord. Give time to the Lord. There's places on this earth where you and your whole family, if you wanted to serve the Lord and rest in the Sabbath, that you could come. And if you keep the rules and if you really love the Lord, we can take you in and feed and clothe and house you and pay for your utilities and everything else. We offer that. God offers that. It isn't the goodness of my heart. Before I was saved, I would tell you, you know, and uh, there's... Um, People that don't have money on the street and they come up and say, would you give me a sandwich or can you buy me something? I say, golly, get a job. My pockets would be stuffed with money. But now the Lord says, uh-uh, don't do that. He says, these people are crying out to you and they want something to eat. And in as much as you feed them, you've done it unto me. So ever since I found that out in the Bible, I'm doing what God says. See how much concern the Lord has for people that are starving and people that need a place to stay and people that uh, they can't afford to pay for gas or food or all these things. Uh, we have more than sufficient food and clothing and housing and everything. But I'm not trying to use these things to entice you to come into the house of the Lord. I'm telling you these things because not only does God take care of you here in this world, this present world, but he gives you every more than you could possibly even imagine throughout eternity. Your troubles are over. Your troubles are over when you come to the Lord. There's no such thing as unemployment. There's no need for you to ever be worried about, you know, how to meet the house payment or the house collapses in. You don't have to live in one of these new modern houses with all the technology and everything. Our places are not uh, mansions or anything like that, but they're comfortable. And there are places to live, and there's electric, and there's heating, and air conditioning, and everything. And uh, it's, uh, it's just trouble-free. People don't understand uh, our church, uh, the, the Lord's church. It's his church. But everything is wonderful because you're 
<coughs> you don't have any big nut to make every month. Uh, everything has been going smoothly and increasing as years go by. I don't know that the price of gas has gone up because the Lord always gives me the same amount of money that I need for gas, no matter if it's uh, uh, $1 a gallon, a quarter a gallon, or $5 or 4 or $10 a gallon. I'm not worried about it because it's the Lord's work, and the Lord provides everything for us. So when we're resting in him, he's the boss. He is the boss, and he takes care of it all. It's all up to the Lord, and the Lord never lets us down. If we do what he says, then everything is fine. And he said unto them, that the um, son of man, that's me, he says, is Lord, is the boss also of the Sabbath. If I tell these people, these Christians, that they can uh, uh, go out into the cornfield and eat some corn or go to the apple tree and pick some apple and eat it on the Sabbath, then you people don't know what you're talking about. I'm the boss of every human being on earth, and every human being on earth is going to stand before me on Judgment Day. And either trust me or you're not going to be in heaven. You're going to be crying out, Mercy! 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 And you're not going to get it, pal. You're not. Because that's the kind of God he is. God values his word higher than his name. His word is highest. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word is God. And the word came into this world in the flesh. Read chapter 1 in the book of John. Verse 6. And it came to pass also. On another Sabbath. Well, of course, everybody keeps uh, one day of the week. They give it to the Lord. But now the Lord wants everything. He says, I am the Sabbath. I am the rest. Come to me and rest from your old work and get busy for me. Let me work in you. On another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Verse 7. And the scribes and Pharisees, the teachers of the law, watched him. <laughs> Just let him on the Sabbath heal somebody. Whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. Uh, verse 8, But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. That was easy to do. Amen. Amen. The Lord is going to do all the work here. Verse 9. And he had a lot of guts in front of all these people that wanted to stone him to death and kill him and grind him into powder. Verse 9. Then said Jesus unto them, I, I'm going to ask you something. I ask you one thing. Just one thing. 
Is it lawful on the Sabbath day, if you're resting in me, in the Sabbath days, to do good? It says days, plural. Well, if we're resting in the Lord only one day of the week, well then, we're not going to be doing good on every day of the week, would we? No! Because it's only the Lord, when we're in the Lord, will we doing good things, just like, I'm not going to tell anybody, go get a job. I'm going to feed them. That's good. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I rested the Sabbath. You see me on the street, you want to test me on, you want I'm hungry, give me something to eat, I'll take you into whatever restaurant you want and I'll feed you. And so will our people. You see them on the street with the t-shirts on, the Alamo, Tony Alamo Ministries, they're going to take you in and feed you. Oh, is it good uh, on the Sabbath days? Is it lawful? Um, on the Sabbath days, plural, to do good or to do evil. What? To save life or to destroy it, like you people do. Verse 10, and looking around and about upon them all, he said unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. I'm God. I'm the only one on this earth that can heal your hand, friend. And he did so. And his hand was restored entirely whole as the other one. Verse 11, and they were filled with madness, insanity, and God communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. That's the mindset of the people in this world today. Because, first of all, we don't worship anybody but Jesus. And the world is saying, well, we should worship with the Buddhists and the Muslims and the uh, all these other false religions. And the Lord commands us, because he's the Lord of the Sabbath, and he is the Lord of every human being, because we're all going to stand in front of him. So he tells us not even to wish them Godspeed, not even to shake hands with them, not to be around them, near them, or any place around them. And because they're filled with madness whenever they see the real work of the Lord. And they uh, commune with one another what they might do to Jesus. Let's kill him. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to do what? To sit there and look at nature. Now, because he made nature, he didn't make it to, he just made it to kind of beautify the earth, not to worship it. We're to worship the one who created everything. So he went up into the mountain to pray. Why? Because there's nothing more powerful than to pray. Because you get instructions from the Father in heaven to, when you do that. And continued, it's so important that he continued all night in prayer to God the Father. Now this is Jesus, the Son of Man. He's a human being, but God is living in him, and so is he in me. And millions of others, I pray. And when it was, this is verse 13, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose 
twelve, whom also he named apostles. Verse 14, Simon, whom he also named uh, Peter, and Andrew, his brother, Peter's brother, that is, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, verse 15, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, called Zelotes. Verse 16, and Judas, the brother of James, and uh, Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. Verse 17, and he came down with them and stood in the plain. And the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases well if they didn't have a church in their area, well, they just wouldn't get, no, they traveled. Maybe uh, hundreds of miles to get healed. Because they realized if they got to Jesus, it's for sure they would be healed. So they came there to get healed. To be healed of their disease. It wasn't some, uh, it wasn't showtime at the Apollo Theater or anything like this. This is, they knew they were really going to get healed. There's no doubt in their minds. Healed of all their diseases in verse 18, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits. They knew that those unclean spirits would be cast out of them, and they were healed. Healed. All of them. Verse 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all, every single one, all means everyone. Verse 20, and he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, blessed be you poor. You're poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. So don't be vexed about being poor. That's the way Susie and I started out in the ministry. I had money before, but then I just uh, gave it away. And then we were poor. Then I thought, man, maybe I shouldn't have given it away. But the Lord wanted me to start from the bottom and work for him to build me up in him. Verse 21. Blessed are ye that hunger now. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because if you hunger and thirst for it, you're going to seek for it. And you seek for it, you ask for it, you knock on the door of heaven for it, and you're going to receive it. Blessed are ye that hunger now and thirst for righteousness, for ye shall be filled. 
that really, that really got to me. When I started reading the Bible, I was so afraid that the next line I wouldn't be able to believe. I just couldn't believe that there's a book on this earth that really tells you how to get to heaven and really tells you what to say and what to do. And so I heard the voice of the Lord for sure in that office. And I looked at all different kind of books and I couldn't find the truth. They're all telling just, you know, uh, be like the birds and bees. And just go out and have fornication. I knew that was wrong. Or from that, uh, the Lord scared me. He really put the fear of himself in me. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. It's better to be in the house of mourning than it is to be in the house of mirth, because uh, we're all going to eventuate into the house of mourning, and it's good to get used to that right now. Uh, there's uh, very little, really, that is in this world that's fun and games. You say, well, we had fun at that event. Oh, just treasure it forever in your pea-picking hearts. For ye shall be filled. Well, I really wanted to know what the Lord said and what he meant. and what I, I didn't want to go to hell, and I, he, he put the fear of uh, going to hell in me. Blessed are you now when you weep, for you're going to laugh. Well, when are we going to laugh, Lord? I mean, in this world, no. Uh, we're going to laugh when we feel your presence with us, because it's such a beautiful thing to feel the presence of this Holy Spirit right next to you, and in you and through you. I just praise and thank the Lord. That's my favorite time. But we're certainly going to laugh eternally in the kingdom of heaven. Not like the ones that are weeping and biting on their tongues and screaming out and uh, praying mercy. Verse 22, blessed are ye when um, men shall hate you. Well, we know that feeling. But we're blessed when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. <laughs> I don't miss their company. There's nothing for us to talk about. Oh, they talk about the things of the world. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested that they're going to put me away from their company. Huh? Big deal. And shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil. False accusations for the son of man's sake. Because you're preaching the gospel. Verse 23. Rejoice. And I do. Those are things to really rejoice about because you know you're not part of them. You know, unless they get saved, they're going to hell. And you're going to heaven. Rejoice, ye. Rejoice. You rejoice in that day. And leap for joy. Jump for joy. For behold, your reward is great, immense in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. So these same things that they're doing to us, they did to the prophets. Verse 24. But woe unto you that are rich. Rich in this world. 
and you're just hanging on to every dime, every penny. You can't take it with you where you're going. There's no place to spend it either way. Okay. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. That's all you're going to have, but you're not going to be taking any of it with you into hell. Verse 25, woe unto you that are full. And you don't give anything to anyone that's hungry or give clothing to those that are naked or something to them to drink that are thirsty. For ye shall hunger. Well, did you know that there's no food or beverages in hell? You're going to hunger and you're going to thirst. I had everything here in this world. And boy, it's really going to get to you. Because you had everything here and then you're going to be cut off completely. Mercy. Woe unto you that that laugh now. Oh, you're having a ball. For ye shall mourn and weep forever. Verse 26. Woe unto you. When all men shall speak well of you. (laughs) Man, you see these people on TV. They die and, oh, this was the most wonderful man. Uh, This man or this woman, she was a saint. Oh, my God, she was so wonderful. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Verse 27, but I say unto you, which hear, I'm only talking to people that hear what I'm saying. Don't you get it? Love your enemies. Watch. We're supposed to love our enemies. That means preach the gospel to them. That's the keeping of God's commandment. Not only preach it to them, but let them see you keeping my commandments. That's loving your enemies because love is the keeping of God's commandments. Do good. To them which hate you. Well, you know, uh, this uh, People magazine did the biggest spread on me than any other uh, gospel preacher. And what did I do? I sent a huge bouquet of flowers and a great big box of candy. And when it came into the office of the women there, it said, My God, we dug into those chocolates and we thought the most beautiful a bouquet of flowers. The thing costs uh, a lot of money. and But there are some people there says, why, he should have spent that money on the gospel. Well, that was the gospel. The Lord says to bless those. Love your enemies. Do good to them that which hate you. They did the most hateful, lying article. That People magazine, I wouldn't believe them if they were standing on a stack of Bibles from here to the moon. They're all a bunch of phonies, okay? But, you know, I love them. I still keep the commandments before them. Uh, they saw, they see that I do that, and I stick and stay and make it pay in the gospel field. No matter what they do to me, I'm still here. Verse 28. Bless them that curse you. Well, let's see. How can I bless them that curse me? Preach the gospel to them and let them see you going through all this persecution without you weeping or, you know, uh, getting yourself into a fetal ball and or crying in front of the cameras. I don't cry. Verse 28, bless them that curse you. 
Okay, how am I going to bless? I'm going to tell them, you curse me, you're cursing Jesus because Jesus is in me. And uh, what's going to happen to you is if you don't repent, you're going to wind up in hell. Just like Tyra St. Clair saw behind the jukebox with a red dress on and her high heels, her high spiked heels that said, I'll walk in mama's face to get out of hell. <laughs> if mama don't want to go there, I don't care. I'm going, she said. So bless them that curse you. I bless them with the word of God. That doesn't mean to give them money or anything like that. That isn't going to bless them. Bless them with the word of God. You tell me, uh, call me all types of names. I'm going to tell them, look, the Lord is in me and you're going to hell if you don't repent. You have to be born again to get there. Boy, they don't like that kind of blessing. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Verse 29, and unto him that smiteth thee, that does things wrong to you on the one cheek, offer also the other. It's symbolic of if they do evil to you, just continue serving the Lord. Don't let it bum you out to the point where you throw in the towel. You never throw in the towel. And him that uh, taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. You know, you smite me, and you know what I'll do is I'll grab you and take you down to the ground and maybe have you arrested. That isn't what that means. It means you're going to do something, and that's a blessing too, because the law is for the lawless. And if you're that lawless where you're going to do these things to smite me, Verse 30, give to every man that asketh of thee. Well, that's why they come on the street. I'm hungry. Can you give me some? Sure. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. All right. It's time now for us to, um, I'm going to do this verse when I have more time, but our time is up. Now it's time to read letters. Where's the first one from? From Suyana, Peru. Okay, let's hear what they have to say. Pastor Tony Alamo, I and the brethren of Suyana greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God, we are working in the service of God. We are distributing your literature, and many continue in the ways of the Lord. We used to hold worship services in a location that someone let us borrow, but now we are going to hold services in a public plaza because the place where we were holding services is packed out. Send more literature. My children, more than ever, have gotten a hold of the Lord. He is a blessing to us. We need 1,000 copies of your literature, Messiah books, whatever amount you can send. Many are reading them. Oh, we can send any amount you want, really. You know, we know that you're getting responses and people are coming to the Lord there. We just keep feeding you all the time. Then what? And also 50 Bibles for the new converts who are asking for one. Also, we would like to request some T-shirts for my brethren who are distributors. We will continue to preach until the Lord comes. God bless you, Pastor Silva from Suyana, Peru. God bless you too, Pastor Silva. Keep up the good work. Keep on going. 
Okay, do we have another letter? We've only got a few minutes left, a few seconds left. From Nigeria, Africa. Calvary, greetings to Pastor Lamo. I really appreciate the ministry for what you sent to me, but I would like to know more about the trends and shifts of power for the popes right from the time of the Apostle Peter. More so, I want some oh, more Peter of your tapes. Peter was not a pope. He's a Jew, and uh, there's no shift of power. The power is uh, the kind of power that the Lord gives us. It's the power to win souls and to heal people and things like that. We don't wield the same kind of power that the people in the secular world do. Uh, they really don't have any power to heal or to save souls or to uh, uh, do the things that we do at all. They don't have that power. We have the real power. We're the real deal. Then what? More so, I would like some more of your tapes which edify my spirit. Thank you for your love and passion for humanity. Signed, Joshua from Niger, Nigeria. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, there's just, um, uh, there was no shift of power. Uh, Peter was a married man. He was a Jew, and he had nothing to do with uh, idolatry. The Catholic cult is uh, an idolatrous cult. And we're the real deal. We're the real uh, body of Christ, the real church. We're the new Jerusalem. Uh, and we have the power that's in Christ in us is the power. And the Almighty God, we have the power to heal and to uh, do all the things that the Bible says. I'm out of time or I'll explain it further. But right now is the time for us to pray for to receive the Lord. Now this is the most uh, important day of your life. This is the most important thing that you could ever do is to say this prayer to the Lord. This begins your walk in the Lord, in God, in Christ. So say this prayer. My, say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Holy Spirit, into my heart. Jesus, wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me, he said, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's me. I'm calling. I've called, and I know you've heard me. I know you've answered me, and I know I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And uh, Sharon, tell everyone in our listening audience how to receive a copy of this program, number 732. Let us know whether you want a CD or audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying keep tuning in. Tomorrow we have another powerful message in the Word of God, which leads you one day at a time into the kingdom of heaven. And here I am with Porter Wagner, and we recorded this at his studio, uh, a song that Dolly Parton wrote, and it's called Lord 
hold my hand. Just hold my hand and strengthen me. 